We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Paranormal and Normal. Yes, I know, you're getting like four interviews this week. You're lucky listeners, I'm telling you. Well, watchers, I should say, because listeners are only going to get two a week. Sorry, that's the way it releases. But I'm your host, Jeremy, as always, here to try to bring a little normal into the paranormal. And does it ever happen? No, the paranormal is paranormal for a reason. But you know what? We tried and A for effort. But to help me with that, as always, is my guest. And very special guest tonight. I love talking to I've had a few of these on. I like I like talking to them. They're always interesting and they always have good stories. My guest tonight is Monique Pliakos. And I might just mess that up. I don't know. But it's, it's good. <laughs> uh, who is a certified hypnotherapist and a certified stress management counselor, which I can use both. Shit. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm very I'm very happy to have her. So first things first, though. How are you doing tonight, Monique? Thank you so much for having me. I am well. How are you, Jeremy? It's been hectic lately, but, you know, just dealing with it as I go. And I get to podcast, which makes me happy always. It helps me ease my stress because I get to talk to interesting people, which I freaking love. There you go. And maybe if it's helpful, just take a moment. Take a big, deep breath in through your nose, and as you exhale, just release any tension, stress, anxiety. Let it out. Let it go, because you don't need it. Amen. (laughs) Anyone listening, you want to do that? It helps. It might not seem like it, but it does. It truly does, and Mm -hmm. uh, my my Reiki counselor slash life coach who advertises on my advertises on my show. Does it? Does it? Makes me do that too. And it's just, I learn to do it every day before I wake up in the shower. And every when I wake up and I gotta get in the shower, like do it in the shower, make your feet, make the roots go through your feet and touch yes. the soil. Like, 
Well, think about it. It's how often do so many of us just go, 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 and we never really take time for ourselves. And something as simple as just taking a big, deep breath, it only takes a few seconds, but you're doing it. You're giving yourself that moment just for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. And, well, Let's get, let's get this episode started, though, because yeah. it, is, it is a double feature tonight, let's uh, watch us, I should say. So, uh, we will, you'll be, you'll be seeing me twice in a row, you get to me for two hours straight. I know, aren't you lucky? Aren't you lucky? But, first question I ask everybody on the show, as my listeners know, Monique, what got you into this paranormal, supernatural field you're in? Spiritual field, I guess you can call it, for what you do more than anything. But, uh, what got you into it? That's a loaded question. I'll try to say it as quickly as possible because we only have so much time. But basically, ever since I was a little girl, I've been connected with nature. My best friends were trees and rocks. And I would see it was like these white kind of sparkles with this kind of like tr like whitish translucent mist. And I would see, and, and what I've learned is I was seeing Faye, I was seeing spirit, but I would just see these sparkles and I would feel their energy. And I've been an empath my whole life. I was a little girl. I'd always like want to hug people. I could just tell who needed a hug. I would, you know, go to the nursing home where like my Grammy was and I'd give like massages to them and, you know, just try to make them feel good. I've always been into healing and nature. And when I was 19, I was at, you're from Mass. I'm originally from Mass. Uh, Newberry Comics. I'm sure you know the store. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> they had a Rider weight tarot deck display and something was just pulling me to it. Like, go to that, look at that, check that out. So I did. And I got myself a tarot deck and I started doing readings. And I remember some of the people I would read for got really freaked out. And it wasn't, it was because they'd be like, how do you know that? Who told you that? And it felt very accusatory. So I got really defensive and I'd be like, it's not me. It's the cards. Don't get upset with me. <laughs> uh, and it, it took a long time being an empath. I got into a few abusive relationships and it took a really long time. I found my husband. I actually, he's, he's a former professional wrestler and we met cause I wanted to learn how to do professional wrestling. And that's how we met. Um, but he just allowed me to be me. And after being with him for so many years, I finally felt like I'm like, like, you know how like you kind of let like a little bit more of yourself out. I was starting to let more of my woo woo out. And I was, you know, so I'm so fortunate to have such a supporting husband and everything supports me 100%. So I started reading tarot again. I started making organite and we were watching a documentary called Flipside. Uh, journey into the afterlife about Michael Newton talking about past life regression a life between lives and I'm watching it and it's like the spiritual light bulb just went off and I felt something inside like this is what you're supposed to be doing because I knew like reading tarot and making organ I, I just want to help people but this was like the missing puzzle piece so I went online to the Newton Institute figured out what I have to do and I signed up to learn how to hypnotize people so to become a certified hypnotherapist you have to go through courses you have to get you know so many hours in of practicing and 
like learning about it. So I went through all the work. I got my certification. And then I also um, took additional courses in past life regression as well. And I've just, I love doing it, but I found that I'm really, I'm really more into the spiritual aspect. I'm really more into helping people find out what they really need in life, how they can better themselves, how they can relieve their stress, relieve their anxiety, and find like what they need as, like, what does their soul need and work on finding that. Interesting, which actually, I think you, you, you do a lot of the same things as my, uh, personal life coach has been helping me for the last couple months does Jesse Jackson shout out to you because you'll hear her. That's the edge you hear before the show folks. She's been helping me for months. I've been advertising for her in, in return because I couldn't afford her services otherwise. And it's so kind of her to do that and be one to help me out. And she honestly cares about me. I know she does. She cares about me as a person, the human being, which is great. And that relationship is something I needed just to help myself get out of the funk I was in for a long time. But I've, become a better person because of it. And I thank her. And I think anybody who does the kind of work you guys do, because you are amazing people who just start dedicating your life to helping people, which is beyond amazing. But that's the same reason I do this podcast, but of course I can't help people the way you do. So, <laughs> but. And I just want to throw out, I'm sorry, just want to throw out there. I think it's awesome. Like I love supporting other hypnotherapists because I'm not for everybody. Right. But it's like, if I feel like I'm not the right person for you or someone feels I'm not the right person for them, it's good to have like so many other people because there is somebody out there for them. And it's just a matter of finding the right person to work with you. So I think it's so important too. like I've seen on your show, you have multiple different types of hypnotherapists come on. I think that's awesome because spread the word. If this person's not right for you, maybe this one is. Exactly. Every... Hypnotherapists are the same as every as same as regular therapists. They're the same as doctors. You you need to find the right one for you as a person, and they may not. They all have different attributes. They all have they all have different beliefs, and find the one that matches for you. That's the simplest thing. And I will showcase anybody in this show who is in the paranormal, spiritual, supernatural world, and I'll showcase them and let, let the world know more about them because. That's my purpose. I've been told by mediums before, so I'm gonna roll with it. <laughs> yeah, you're like the conduit, you know, bringing people together. I mean, over three thousand plays can't be wrong at this point. So I'm doing something that people want to hear, apparently, and it's help, and I'm helping get names out there, which I love. I love, and it just it gives me purpose in this world and gives me a path forward in a way. So I I like doing it. It gives me purpose. Basically, I can't say more than that. <laughs> but. Second question I ask everybody on this show. Actually, well, okay, well, first things first. Your husband's a professional, an ex-professional wrestler. Anybody yeah. we would know? Like, did you ever get, like, in any of the big network, any of the big networks? He, he did a couple things for WWE, um, but not, like, big stuff. Um, um, I don't know um, if he wants me talking about him, <laughs> I mean, can you say his stage name at least? Yeah, uh, Alex Arion, the Golden Greek Alex Arion. So he did a lot of stuff um, – Steve Bradley, who was, uh, he had WFA up in New Hampshire. Um, he was best friends with Steve and Steve was in WWF for a while. And, um, I believe that the three of them, uh, roommated with Kurt Angle from when he first came in, which was really I, cool. I, I was going to say Steve Blackman. Is that? No, Steve Bradley. So they, they, um, when they still had more of the territories back then, mm -hmm. uh, he was in Puerto Rico quite a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know they had a Puerto Rico territory mm -hmm. at one point. Yeah. All right. Well, 
I mean, I have a lot of wrestling. I actually, I know a few wrestling fans listen to my podcast. So if you guys remember him, then I mean, my WWE, my WWE watching was here and there throughout the years because I watched when I was a kid and I watched in college and after college for a while. But there's there's always eventually I got tired of it and or just became too much in a week and I turned it I stopped watching. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I watched as a kid and I'm like, I remember I went to my dad and I'm like, I want to be a professional wrestler. And my dad is a retiring police officer, so when they came to the Lowell Auditorium. He would go, you know, he'd see them all backstage. He'd hang out with them after. So he would kind of get to know them. He'd be like, no, girls don't wrestle. And so I was like, oh, okay. And then I was in a car accident, got some money, and I just wanted to do something for myself. So there was the chaotic wrestling school. Um, it actually was um, – now I'm blanking on it because I have to actually think. Um, what's his name? I'm blanking, but it was a wrestling school and I went there and I learned how to wrestle and then they would have shows and then Alex happened to be there and that's how we met. Wow. And a former professional wrestler on my show. I love it. I freaking. Well, I I, I didn't wrestle. I was, I did ring girl and then I did valet with him. So I was uh, his valet. Hey, valets are are wrestlers. They get clotheslined by other valets and stuff all the time. Well, we were supposed to have a a mixed tag match and then. Right before, like a like a few weeks before, I found out I was pregnant. So I was like, "I'll still do it." Yeah, I'm happy they, they didn't said let no. you. I'm, I'm happy they didn't let you because that could have been very dangerous for the unborn. And yeah. we we promote life on the on this podcast in every form. So I am very happy they didn't let you do that because that could have been dangerous. But no, I just I, I stood off to the side. But hey, in my mind, valets are just important. Valets and managers are just important as wrestlers because. Some of the best wrestling moments in my life were because of managers like Paul Bearer and other yeah. and uh, Lita and other female wrestlers, Trish Stratus, other female wrestlers who were managers over time, like Sonny. Oh, Sonny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Killer Kowalski. That was the school, by the way. Killer Kowalski. Oh, my yeah. God. Killer Kowalski is a freaking legend. So, damn. All right. All right. Oh, respect. Respect. Because I've heard his school. I've heard wrestlers say his school is freaking hard to get yeah. through. So the chaotic bought in. They were working with him. He was training. I signed up, and that's right when he got sick, and so I didn't get to work with him. So I was I was a bit disappointed. I was kind of sad, and then he passed. Um, so that that um, was a bummer. But it was still it was really fun. I mean, the only it was hard. That, I'm sure, but the only name that was ever as synonymous as Killer Kowalski in training, of course, was the Heart Foundation training school, but. Jeez. Oh, my God. Like, that's just, I mean, you weren't in Canada, so that's a whole other story. But... Yeah, the dungeon, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, as much as I like to talk wrestling all night, but I, this isn't a wrestling podcast because I couldn't do that because I don't watch current wrestling. But, but all right, let's get a little back on topic here. The second question I ask everybody is, have you had any experience with any paranormal entities, whether it be spirits, ghosts, extraterrestrials, cryptids, take your pick? Many, many, many experiences. My husband and I actually have done uh, paranormal investigations. We like to go around different places in New Hampshire. And we actually, for all the times we've done it, we only had one experience up in Bethel, Maine, where we actually were able to get in contact with a spirit. And um, I like to use dousing rods. I was using dousing rods. And we found out it was actually the owner of the inn. It was her husband who passed away. And he was just, you know, hanging out, looking out for 
watching over her and I could feel his love for her. And it was so beautiful. I just like started crying, but yeah, um, actually up where we are in New Hampshire. So while our home was being built, my husband and I were living out in a tent and I, I don't think it's extraterrestrial. I think it's more government if anything, but we had our middle child in the tent watching a movie with us and we came out at night to bring him back into the part of the house that was finished. And he looks up in the sky and says, look at all those stars moving. And I kid you not from like the end, like from one end of the horizon moving from like, it was like from, uh, I'm trying to think south. Uh, so west to east. Um, it was like these, it looked like stars and they were like perfectly like evenly separated and they're moving and there was a gap. And then there was like 20, at I counted, I think maybe 27 of these lights all just moving up. It took the whole sky. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And of course my th first thought oh, is it a UFO? But I was like, no, we're not that lucky. <laughs> I'm like, it's probably something government or experimental, um, but it was crazy because right, it well, just took the whole sky going across. I, I mean, and we long, tried to get video of it and it wouldn't show up on video. How long ago was this? That's, Last that's the, year. Okay. Because yeah. uh, the, uh, is it called Earthlink or Space? Yeah, Link no, I looked that up. It's not as many. It's oh, like okay. so many. This was, a, I think it was 27. Lights okay. that I counted. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. Since that's out of the way of, uh, I played the skeptic for a minute now, so now I can play the fanboy. I do the same and, thing too. And um, it's actually interesting because I had the same experience with my uh, stepson down the South Shore of Massachusetts at his at the house they used to live in with their mother before they moved in with us before they moved in with me. And we were walking in from the back porch. We were walking up the back porch one night, going inside after being outside because it was getting dark, and. My son looked up in the sky and he's like, why are the stars moving? And he was like three or four at the time. He was like four or five maybe at the time. So he never would. I mean, he knew about, he knew I believe in aliens and all that at that point, of course. But he never would just made up. And like, he looked up in the sky. He's like, why are, they star why are those stars moving? And I looked up and I'm like, I'm, I, I was like, stars don't move. And I look up and I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, eight to nine looking star looking objects moving across the sky. And speaking of my kids, I think one just popped up. One's trying to hide on me around the, my podcasting area here. But <laughs> hello, hi, hi Bella. She's saying hi. Do you want to say hi back? Who? Okay. Hi, I'm Monique. Yes, her. She can't hear you, but yeah, <laughs> headphones. But ah. uh, you want to wave hi? Are you gonna play shot? You gonna play shot? Okay, princess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we saw. I don't like you when you do that. Okay. But I love yeah. your honesty. Yeah, as she slaps me for it. Um, <laughs> but but uh yeah, we my, my son pointed out and he saw these stars moving across the sky, and I'm like, eight or nine of them in a cluster moving at the same speed across the sky. Yeah. Which I mean, so we had a similar experiences, and I don't believe it was government. I don't believe mine was government. I don't and see. I, I I try to be skeptical. I try to say, what could this be? Could it be satellites? I looked it up. I looked everything up. There were no satellites going across at that time. So it's like I try to do my due diligence. So, yeah. Well, I mean, they have an app nowadays, I'm told, called Skywatch or something like that. And, like, you can, like, point at the sky and supposedly if, something, if, if it's a known object, like a planet or satellite or something, they'll tell you. But 
Yeah, I have it's like sky guide and you can like put it and I'll show you like what the planets or stars or everything is. Um, but like and it'll tell you if there's a satellite and there wasn't. But it was also weird because it wouldn't photograph or go on video either. Which makes me believe it's not. I mean, I believe it was 100% extraterrestrial. And does the government know about it? Oh, God, yes. Don't get me wrong. They know about it, but they, they admit they know about it, but they mm-hmm. just they just. It's not the government. The government's like, I have 20-something things going across the sky at once. That'd be very stupid on their part because everybody would see it. Mm. So I I have to believe that's extraterrestrial. And I don't know what that was, if that many of them. But maybe it was like a squad or an army of them. Like going It seemed somewhere. like it was just one big thing. Oh, I mean. The way it, it moved. It was just so, like, or, just. Actually, you just made me think. What if it was like a mothership and it was just like the lights on the mothership, like, moving like that the lights look like it was multiple things but what if it was just one big mothership that was and i mean we see things in the sky it doesn't even mean they're close to earth they could be thousands and tens of thousands of miles away from earth and we could see them if they're bright so it could have just been passing by earth at that time and just you happen to look up it was it was a weird thing it was my son well, I'm always I mean, looking up, but I just, this time I was like, you know, getting the flashlight because we're out in the woods. Got to make sure there's yeah. no bears, you know? Oh, tr- trust me. I live in Massachusetts and I yeah. have dogs. So going out at night, it's like, please don't let there be a bear. Don't, please, let, please don't let there be a fisher cat. Please don't let there be coyotes. Like, it's like, the list is endless. Every time. It's like, you usually see deer. We've had some bobcat, but it's always like looking around like, okay, any animals first? And then is there anything like weird, creepy, elemental spirits? Like what's going on? Well, wow. I mean, that's an amazing experience. And I'm happy I actually got to get in my podcast. because that's And it lines up with something I've been saying in this podcast for a long time about my experience. So that's great. I love it. So any we're not other, alone. Um, yeah. I, I lived in a haunted house in Providence, Rhode Island for a short period of time. And I was all by myself. I was in an abusive relationship. The roommates were horrible. And I just, I was so depressed at that time. I actually, I was 21 years old and I started going gray and there was a ghost there. And I just remember feeling so comfortable around it. And I'm watching John Hughes, 16 candles all by myself one night, there's gunshots going off, like you can hear out in the distance. And I see it's like, um, it was almost like smoke, but it was like, like a whitish blue color. And it moved kind of by the window on one side of the wall and just kind of like went across the room and then just was gone. Interesting. And it was so weird because I just like, again, me being got to be skeptical first. And I'm like, okay, there's no one smoking in here. So it's not smoke. It's, you know, I'm looking around and it's just, and it felt warm. And I just, I was just like, hi, if you want to watch a movie with me, I'd love for you to join me. And um, what was really interesting was the roommate had a cat. So uh, we would close our door at night to keep the cat out. And my boyfriend and I uh, were in our bedroom. We were sleeping and I had an iguana. So she had like, you know, the heat lamps with the red light. So it gives a little bit of light. And I wake up and I feel the cat on me, like pressing on top of me and like Ziggy get off of me. Ziggy. And and then, like, I, I feel the cat on me. I see the cat on me. And my boyfriend was like, Ziggy's outside. The door is closed. And I'm like, huh? And it jumps off and goes under the bed. I'm like, whoa. So I get up. I turn on the light. And I'm looking under the bed. 
there's no cat under the bed. There's no holes in the wall that it can get through because I have to like figure out what this is. And um, I open the door. I look around the cats outside the room. So there's no way. The door was closed. It could have gotten in and out. I saw the cat. My boyfriend saw the cat. I felt it on me. And my roommate had said it could be the ghost because she had heard that sometimes ghosts, they'll want to get closer so they kind of shapeshift into something else that you're more comfortable with to not scare you off. And then I've heard other people say it could be a gin, it could be the ghost, it could be something different. So I don't know, but it was really interesting. Well, ghosts can apparently change form. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And it would be it wouldn't be the first time that everyone's heard of. So I mean, it makes hundred percent sense. And it's just it, it's interesting. I I like it. I love, I love that fun. story. I love that story. I mean, it's just it's 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 like almost like it makes you like it makes you like start like having like goosebumps when I was hearing it. But guys, I mean, ugh, having a ghost having a ghost in bed with you is like one of the weirdest things that goes. But it wasn't with. it wasn't creepy. It was just like I thought it was the cat. I could feel it. It didn't feel scary. It was just, it was there. Interesting. I love it. I but I'm the crazy it. person. I'm like, hi, you know, like, welcome. Unless you gave me a bad feeling, I'm like, get the fuck away. Because <laughs> you got to, you got to have that arsenal energy, you know, like if something oh, yeah. is less than positive. Yeah. Every, I mean, every paranormal investigator I had in the show who moves spirits onto the next realm says you have to have a defensive energy about you. Otherwise, some of them get angry and try to attack you personally. Mm-hmm. But well, let's get into your hypnotherapy a little because yeah. we're we're right twenty three minutes in and we haven't even touched it yet. But I love it, so let's it's fine. Um, so, how do you make hypnotherapy work for you? Because every hypnotherapist is a different answer to this question. So, when I do hypnotherapy, I have a process for myself. First, um, I just I like to ground myself. I like to get really grounded. I talk to my guides. I ask them to assist me. I ask if it's within my good, my highest good and my client's highest good that our guides talk to each other and my guides will connect and tell me how I can best help them. I like to pick out crystals. So I have certain crystals that I use that like a lot of protective crystals, just because when you're working with energy, I like to err on the side of caution. And so I get crystals and I'll get feelings of I need this crystal or I need this crystal. So whatever I feel I need, I bring with me and I cleanse my office. I cleanse my area. I cleanse everything. And when I hypnotize people, I like to get into a meditative state as well. So that way I feel more connected with the person so I can better guide them. My style is more slow and calm and relaxed because I want people, they're doing work. And anyone who's thinking about contacting me for a session, I'm telling you right now, be prepared to do work. If you want to improve yourself, I'm putting it out there because so many people think, oh, hypnotherapy. I just sit back, close my eyes, and you do everything. No, no, you're you're <laughs> gonna be you're gonna be questioning everything you ever thought in life if you do hypnotherapy. Yeah, but so you have to what tr- you have to trust doing hypnotherapy that it'll work. You have to believe it'll work. You have to trust the information that comes to you because sometimes it makes absolutely no sense in the moment, but it will later on. And you also have to realize that if you're trying to do something to better yourself, you there's going to be work for you to do. So sometimes my clients will be told they need to meditate more. And one of the things I'm really big on is I'll say, well, 
If it was that easy, they would have done it already. So how do we realistically do this in baby steps? So I had a client who needed to meditate more. It's very difficult for her. And so what the her higher self was saying was, just start, go outside for five minutes. Just go and sit outside for five minutes and do that for maybe a week. And then try to go and walk, be around nature for five minutes. Just walk in nature for five minutes. And then a week or two later, try to do 10 minutes. Pay attention to the nature around you, the trees. That's going to help you just get into a meditative state just by walking. And so we were able to get a broken down plan of the little tiny baby step to start with and what to work up to. And she went from not being able to meditate to actually being able to regularly meditate because she did the work. She did the baby step. So I can help you get the information, but I can't make you do the work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the same as, I mean, it's the same as a lot of things. When you apply for government assistance, it's when you are trying to get a job, like they can, you can hire people to help you get through the steps, but you have to do the work at the end of the day. Like, it's not going to be just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything for you. Like, yeah, you can hire, you can hire people to do that, but that's going to make, I'm not going to make you look good because then you're going to be looking lazy. Well, if you go to a talk therapist, you still have to talk. You still have to talk about the things that are really hard and difficult to talk about. And in hypnotherapy, there's there's a thing they call scripts. And that's like you read it and there's all different styles of hypnotherapy. I like more interactive. I like my client to do the work. I don't want to just say something and make you think that and make it feel better. I want to get in and dig in deep down to the root cause of what is going on. So we can find out where did this originate from? Sometimes we have to go back and we have to do a form of regression therapy to figure out what that is. But again, you have to be willing to go there and you have to be ready to do that work because it can be tough. It can be tough facing those things that have hurt you so deeply. Exactly. I mean, I've been, when I was a child, I was made to, and a teenager, I was made to go to regular therapy all the time because my parents thought there was something wrong. They were wrong, but they thought there was. <laughs> and I was just different and they didn't understand it. But they thought I was immature and something was wrong with me. So they made me go to therapy all the time. And I'd put in the work. I'd talk to therapists 100% honest and tell her how I feel. I even broke down tears a couple times because I was a teenager and it's just what teenagers do. And I mean, did I have a problem? God, no. I was just different and no one understood it. But that was the 90s. That was the early 2000s. Before Nowadays, I would have just been considered unique. But yeah. And, and it's hard because I think, and not to get into a whole different thing, but I think there's so much misdiagnosis with people and you, there's so much just throwing medications. I remember even back in the 80s being a kid and ADD was kind of a big thing and they just want to throw Ritalin, throw these medications. And it's just gotten worse and worse over the decades. And I had a friend who, she went through a really, really tough time and she started feeling a little depressed and said to her doctor, like, what can I do? Just wanted to write prescriptions. And she's like, I thought maybe more of like do certain kinds of exercises or like, you know, she was trying to find more natural ways to yeah, deal with it. They just want to write scripts. So I'm more into natural medicine. I personally prefer plant medicine. I prefer prefer mental medicine because our mind is so strong and so powerful that even like using hypnotherapy or just the power of thought, you can control your body. You can 
change things with your body. When I was going to school for this, we had a girl, I forget the uh, medical term for it, but she got really sweaty hands and certain parts of her body would just sweat a lot. And so our teacher went in and had her go into like this control center in her mind and turn down the control that makes her hands sweat. Her hands stop sweating. I could use that control center right there. I'm just saying I have, uh, I have that same issue, but um, wow. Wow. I, I mean, and I agree. I mean, I, I never, I never was throwing pills at all. I mean, because they, they didn't have a diagnosis. So how could they throw me pills? But yeah. And, and I went to actually legit therapy. I went to, well, I want to say, I want to say, I want to say legit because that makes other therapists look bad. But I went to therapists who weren't so pill happy and didn't throw things at me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way it goes. Like, which, I mean, younger me would might, might, might like that, actually. But, I mean, me now, I'm happy that never happened because it never, my mind never got warped in any way because yeah. of medication. So, uh, I mean, I agree, I agree with you. Doctors are so pill happy nowadays that they just can't. They don't want. They don't want to help you. They just want to silence you. It's the way I like to and I'm not saying everyone. Just the one oh. that I've come across. Uh, of course, there's always in every group of people in the world. There's good and bad. I mean, psychics, mediums, doctors, lawyers. Exactly. I mean, in every group it's a of the spectrum. world, there's, it's yeah. There. I mean, same as extraterrestrials. There can't be same as extraterrestrials and humans. There can't be good. There's good and there's bad. There can't be just one of the, one or they're not all the same. Like that's just the way it is. But exactly. So how does your hypnotherapy help people? How does it alter their lives? So a lot of the clients I work with, I have people who have anxiety, PTSD. I have people who are just trying to figure out like who they are. What are they supposed to do? So a couple of uh, types of therapy that I love doing. One is parts therapy. Parts therapy allows you to get in touch with the different parts of yourself. So there is the physical you, the mental emotion, uh, the mental uh, intellectual you, the emotional you, and the spiritual you. And we can get into like you're the father you, or the son you, or daughter or mother, the you know the employee or employer. Like whatever part of you there is, we can get in touch with it, and we figure out what those parts need, and we figure out. How, like we have you give like you give them this is what they need give it to them because you can it's your mind and I write everything down I take that information and then once we get to your spiritual self that's when I really try to find out how do we use the information we got and how do we take those baby steps to get to where you need to be and I mean there's gestalt therapy where if you need to say your piece to somebody you get them in your mind face to face and you get to tell them how you feel And then you get to be them and you go back and forth and have a conversation. And at the end, if there's something where there's a, an issue of forgiveness, you know, I'll ask, will you forgive this person? And if they can't, can you at least let it go? Because it's, you know, for them, it's for their benefit because not forgiving somebody is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You're the one holding on to that. It doesn't condone what they did. It doesn't mean that what they did was fine. It's just saying you don't have to carry that hurt anymore. You can let it go. You know what happened. You can let it go. And I just love, I have a dragon connection I love doing because 
I work with dragon energy and I love having clients connect with the dragons that are working with them and they get to meet these dragons and they get to have fun with these dragons and figure out how to connect with them on a regular basis. So there's all different ways that hypnotherapy can help people spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, I mean, uh, I agree. As someone who I never thought, I mean, I've interviewed plenty of Reiki professionals. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure before, but I was always skeptical about it because I, it seemed like woo-woo stuff to me before I did the show. And even though I did the show, I still kind of doubt it a lot of times. And I, now that I'm working with a, a Reiki professional myself, it mm -hmm. just, I've seen the effects. I feel her touching my energy when she's doing it. And even though she's another, in another part of the freaking country. So I hundred yeah. percent believe it now. And energy healing is real. Reiki yeah. is real. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind. I felt it on me. We, we just met last week and I was having, we haven't met in like a month because of she was sick and other issues, but, and just cause we did, this is the way it worked, but I was having such a dark month financially, mentally, like it just, I, I was so down that I just had really dark thoughts. I didn't even, I don't even want to talk about, but she, within a session, they were gone. They were freaking gone and yeah. just was beautiful like i could i i mean my kids and my wife like they deserve to have the best part of me and when you have dark thoughts your family can get the best part of you and i urge anybody if you have dark thoughts seek help whether it be paranormal or regular help seek it mm -hmm. both work and both will help you and I just want to say, like, I tell people, it's okay to feel your feelings. If you're feeling really low, if you're feeling really bad, you're upset, you're hurt, whatever it is, it's okay to feel that. I hate when people say, oh, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Like, F you. Yeah. Like, don't tell me that. But the point, but what you can't do is linger in it. Start to think about why am I feeling this way? What is causing me to feel this? And is it something I can change? Is it something I did that I can change? Is it something somebody did to me that I can improve and make better and turn it around and make it a positive learning experience? Is it something that I have to work on to start feeling better? Is it something I need help with to feel better? But really take a look inside of yourself and process it. But again, it's doing the work. You have to do that oh, work. Yep. And I'm She's, also, oh, go on. I just want to say like my life coach slash Reiki worker sends me home with every between sessions every two weeks she sends me she literally sends me homework to do like yeah. per, personal homework like think about what you want to do in life think about why you feel this way about certain things and just or what what, what characteristics and what qualities define you in life like just stuff that makes you think deep about yourself mm -hmm. you, you may never thought that way before i mean i thought that way before because i it's not my first trip with a therapist so i've answered these questions before and of course they change they change over time of course but so, I mean, it's homework. It's it's homework. It's like going to school. It's not as bad as going to school by any means, but it's like homework. I mean, but it's yeah. unlike homework at school, it actually is for you. Homework mm -hmm. at school is just generic, and it's just to help you learn things that you're not going to need 20 years down the line. So, yeah. And I, th I think for homework, like another question is like, why am I doing this? Like if you find yourself like one big thing I see is people just going through the motions. They're not living life. They just kind of go along to get along. They go through the motions. So if you find yourself unfulfilled, unhappy, pause, take a moment and say, why am I doing this? 
Am I doing it because they need the money? Okay, well, is there something else you could do instead? Um, or could you change your lifestyle to do something that does make you happy and still live, you know, in a somewhat comfortable way? Are you doing something because you feel you have to, you feel guilted into doing? Look at what you're doing. And if it doesn't bring you joy, say, why am I doing this? And have a serious conversation with yourself as to how you can change things to bring happiness. Exactly. But I've, I've seen on your sites that you use something called, and I might pronounce this wrong completely, but Organite? Yes. I so I right. Organite. Yay. Yeah. So I love making Organite. Um, my husband actually first told me about it. And basically what it is, is it's um, usually resin or beeswax with shaved metals because you want it layered and you have clear quartz inside. And what happens is as the resin hardens around the metals, it basically, uh, quartz is piezoelectric. So it can generate electricity with heat and pressure. So they use it in like computers and sonar and watches and everything. So it puts down and creates a little electrical impulse in it. And what it does is it neutralizes harmful energy, harmful EMFs. And I use shungite in everything because I love shungite. I get mine only from a few sources. Derek Condit from Mystical Wares is one of the people I get my shungite from, but I have um, some here. So I make my own pendulum. I make pendulums. So for anyone, um, this one has turquoise, uh, selenite, uh, Herkimer diamond at the bottom. Prenited has copper inside. There's a copper wire clear, uh, pointed clear quartz inside. I love making dragons because, like I said, I love working with dragons. So I have a couple cool dragons oh. that I make. Um, I'll try to oh get a little God. closer. And it's hard because I feel like my pic the pictures don't really do it justice compared to actually seeing it in person. But um, um, I'm just going to say my wife loves dragons. And if yeah. I, I can get her one of those, it would get me great karma. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I sell them on my website. If there's something specific that um, you would like, uh, just let me know and I'll try to make it. Sorry, it's hard. It's the opposite direction of my camera. Uh, uh, um, you, oh, no, you, they're showing up perfectly on camera. Okay, great. So I make my organite. Um, beeswax I can do year round, but with resin, I do it outside. So when I make organite, I'm outside, I'm barefoot in the ground. I'm grounded. I get into a meditative state. I hug my trees first. But I basically don't necessarily know what I'm making. And I get in there and I have all my crystals and everything. And I just kind of let the information come and I just make stuff. And it's interesting because some stuff I'll have it for a while because I've been doing it for years. And I'm thinking like, okay, nobody wants it. And then somebody will buy it. And they're like, oh, it's amazing. So I really think that everything I make is made for somebody. And it's just a matter of them finding it. So if you go on my website, just see if anything resonates with you. But it's all handmade with love. I do Reiki. Um, and I just put so much love and positive energy and protective energy in everything that I make. Okay, well, we're definitely going to talk after the show about that. But um, because I know oh, you're going to make me get very lucky and happy but, <laughs> um, with those. But um, all right. So how do you work tarot, Reiki, hypnotherapy, and organize even into like your practice together? Like does it all combine into one thing with your customers or is it? 
So I do, I do tarot. I don't really bring it into hypnotherapy. I make organite um, and I sell that on my website and I have it two different tarot and organite is one's website and hypnotherapy is another just to kind of keep it separate. But I do use my organite pendulum when I do hypnotherapy because when I'm waiting, I'll say that, you know, like, okay, just enjoy being here for like, we'll go to a safe place. You have all the time you need. So when I speak again, you'll have had all the time you need. And I use my pendulum to tell me when they're ready for me to speak again. So uh, I do utilize my organite pendulum and um, I do Reiki during hypnotherapy. So I'll do it for people I know. I'll do it for my pets. I'll do it for like the land, but I don't charge separately for Reiki. It's just part of what I use. So it's not like, oh, if you want Reiki, it's this additional charge. It's just another tool in my toolbox that I can use. So if I'm like, for example, I had a client who we did some uh, inner child work and something came up with her dad and it really upset her and her inner child. It's like a, she remembered some of the stuff and it wasn't like she was abused or anything. It's just like he would yell a lot and it really scared her. And she started her, like her and the inner child got really scared. And I asked if they wanted to go to their safe place. And then I asked if they'd like some Reiki because when you're hypnotized, you're 100% in control. So I'll ask, and if somebody wants it, I'll do Reiki. So I gave her Reiki and her like in the safe place. And then we were able to go back after and it really helped her. So it's not something like, oh, this is extra. It's just something I do if it's needed. So again, it's based off of what I'm feeling from that person, whatever part of them we're working with. And if them Mm -hmm. and those parts need it, I do offer it. Beautiful. And I mean, uh, wow. That's I swear to God, if I wasn't really working with someone, I would want to work with you. I mean, part of me almost wants to, but I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I don't have to, I don't even have That's time. okay. Uh, I, I, God, you just seem like such a happy person I'm, that I do. I'm very like, I'm very motherly. I'm very protective. I'm very like, I am going to hold your hand and we're going to get through this together. But I'm also like, I I worked on setting my boundaries as an empath. So don't push me because I will push back. So, you know, it's like, I will hold your hand. I actually, uh, I'll try to, I know we're low on time, so I'll try to be really quick. But when I first started learning hypnotherapy, we asked people we know, hey, can I hypnotize you? That's part of practicing because you have to do it. And yeah, and so a friend of mine knew a guy who was looking to have some help with some stuff. And I kept getting all these red flags during like the consult and he just wasn't listening. And I just, I thought, okay, well, maybe he was just having an off day. So we go do the session. And again, he's not listening. I can tell if you're not hypnotized and I might not call you out on it, but I can tell. And he wasn't hypnotized. And basically like he kept like moving and everything. I'm like, you got to relax. You have to get comfortable. So he wanted to go move into a different room. So he goes in this different room and now he's laying in his bed with his shirt off. And I'm like, okay, he's in California. It's probably hot. And, um, he has a blanket. It's almost like like the fake fur kind of blanket. And he starts kind of like, it looked like he was rubbing his leg. And I'm like, he better not be doing what I think he's doing. Oh, and God. I'm like, please don't be doing what I think you're doing. And so I'm like, but I, I also know like some people like to touch things. It's a soothing sensation to feel. And he might be like rubbing the fur to calm him. 
I'm like, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, he better not be doing it. So, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give the benefit of the doubt at all. I know men. I know men. <laughs> so finally, like all of a sudden, the blanket goes like, sticks up and falls off. And he is touching himself, fully exposed. And so here I am thinking, I am a married woman. How dare you? But also I was like, well, when somebody goes into hypnosis, they need to come out of hypnosis. And I'm like, and I was like, no, I will take him out. I said, I'm going to count from one to three. And when I get to three, you're going to be out of hypnosis. One, two, three. And I said, that was so rude and so disrespectful. And I will never work with you again. And I hung up. And, um, but the story of that, the really important part was I saw the red flags, but I wasn't being strong on my boundaries. I thought, no, I need to work harder. I need to try harder because I'm learning this. And that was the great universal teaching that was like, no, honey, you have to have strong boundaries. And if anyone seems to cross the line with anything or makes you feel uncomfortable or something is off, you stop it then and there. And so that's why like, I am so protective and loving and I will help guide you and I will hold your hand and get there. But I also have strong boundaries. And that is one of the reasons why. And you should, because I mean, I'm a married man, so I'm, I don't say this slightly, but you're not, you're an attractive, you're somewhat, you're an attractive woman. So I don't, I mean, men will take advantage of that because men are horrible, strippable creatures. And I, as a man, I could say that. So I've, <laughs> in my single life, I wasn't exactly the most honorable man in the world, but since I've been with my wife for almost for six years now, almost seven, mm -hmm. uh, actually, uh, just over six. But I mean, since I've been with her, I mean, obviously I am honorable and I don't do anything. Well, her. people change, they grow. But this exactly. for him, it was a control. He was trying to control the situation. He wanted control over everything. And this was a control issue. It wasn't even really sexual. It was all about control. That, and that, that toxic masculinity type thing. Yeah. We're like, yeah. we, ha we have to be the ones in control because we want to be the heads of the room because we're the men. We're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, the sad part is I just really wanted to help him. And, you know, I was like that, you know, it was, it sucked because I'm like, I know I could, but he didn't give me that opportunity. No. And I mean, if someone's, I mean, if, and if someone's, uh, if someone was doing that to one of my podcasts, one, I'd be honored, but two, um, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know if I could actually do a podcast like that. Like I would be sitting there like, um, why are what are your why do I see your arm moving constantly? But <laughs> I'm just like I, I just remember thinking, oh Lord, no, no, no. See, no. and the fact and, and it's the, like and, I knew, but I didn't want to admit it. And, I mean, and the fact that he was brazen enough, brazen enough to show the blanket on camera when he could just have the camera up higher and not showing it. Like he knew what he was doing. It was control, yeah. He knew he was trying to pull an alpha male move and just be like, oh, you're just a, you're just a woman. I'm just taking care of myself to you because I can. And, it's and like, I record no. my sessions. Oh, so you, if I was a horrible person, I could have posted that all over the internet if I wanted to. But I'm not that kind of person because I, I believe in ethics, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I... I mean, yeah, you don't want to do that because then everybody, oh, then that might tell future clients like, oh, if I do something to this, please, or she'll do that. But well, I also, I believe in karma and I feel like, you know, that was the universe teaching me a lesson 
And it did. I took it as a learning opportunity. And so I take it as this is something for me to learn from and have a laugh about it. And at the end of the day, I truly wish him well. I hope he gets the help that he needs. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, people make mistakes, and they're not always in the right place mentally. And they don't always do the right thing. So, you know, I don't hold a grudge. Let me ask you this. How, How long ago was that out of curiosity? That was like three three years ago. Okay, so either he, either he better have learned his way, or he's probably in prison by now for public public. Uh, what the hell is it called? Pub, uh, like public something. I can't think of the name of it. But um, public exposure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, wow, wow. I mean, like I said, I'd be honored, but I'd be kind of weird at the same time. <laughs> I'm not able to continue a conversation because I'm I'm a good looking man, but Jesus. Um. <laughs> So is that actually the craziest thing that ever happened to you during a hypnotherapy session? Um, one of them. Another one. I'll, I'll say it really, really quick. Um, I was learning how to do past life regression, and I was getting regressed because what we would do was take turns with each other. And I'm a very visual person. Not everyone is. And so I usually see things right away. And I couldn't. I was having a very hard time. And it was just dark. And I remember feeling very upset. And all of a sudden, I see fire and I go, fire. I'm on fire. So I basically came in during my death scene. So I get taken out. We go through everything. What had happened was I was a healer. It was like back in, I think it was like the early 1700s. And I lived out in like a little village off, like away from the village. But I would help people. But it was kind of hush hush. Um, In America or Europe? No, this was in New England. Oh, so... Salem times almost. Yeah. Um, so what had happened was there was a man who found out I had helped his son because I would use like herbal medicine in my hands. And he got mad and he beat, he started yelling at me. And so I stood my ground and I'm like, I'm not afraid of you. Go away. And then he got mad and he beat the ever loving crap out of me. He beat me to a pulp. And what had happened was after I was unconscious on the ground, he went outside and set my house on fire with me inside. So when I was coming into this regression, into this past life, I was coming to from being knocked out while my house is on fire with me inside and me starting to burn alive and what, all the what, smoke and everything. Okay. Question. Was his last name Mathers? I don't know his last name, but, um, and it wasn't like I was a witch or anything. I, but back then they classified anything like that as witchcraft. I mean, you could sneeze the wrong way as a woman back then. You're classified as a but witch. But women weren't allowed to do medicine. So, you know. Oh, exactly. It would have been witchcraft. Yeah, it, it was not allowed. But again, me taking advantage of the learning opportunity, I was like, when I do past life regressions, I'm going to say, going back, back, back in time. Back to a point in time, a past life, going back to a place, doing something you enjoy doing or do often. Because we don't die often during that one life. And most people don't enjoy dying. So that way, we don't go into the death scene. So again, I I took it as a learning opportunity. (laughs) I mean, but death scenes could also be seen as learning opportunities in some way. I mean, but I... Wow. I mean, I, again, I like to hold my client's hands. We're going to get there, but I'm going to yeah. make sure you're ready for that before we get in there. I mean, it can be a little jarring. Before you said 17th century in New England, I was going to be like, were you Joan of Arc in a past life? <laughs> no. But, but I mean, uh, see, that's my goal is to get someone on the show who's either had a past life regression or has done a past life regression with someone famous. Was that past life? 
Like that's my goal. Like it's it's nothing against any other past life regression. That's but I everyone want, wants. Yeah, everyone wants a famous past life. But I, I want. No, I want. Nobody has that. I want to hear. Oh yeah, I did a past life for a guy, and he was King Arthur in a previous life. I, like, I, I, I would literally jump out of my seat and be like, I knew he was real, <laughs> but because I'm a huge, I'm a huge folklore mythology buff. So I buff. So I know, like that something like that, or like I was Hercules in a past life. Like that'd be my, that'd be my like moment where I would literally like get up on camera and jump around like I'm Tom, Cru- Tom Cruise and Oprah. But, but I've had some cool past life regressions. Um, I, I was doing a regression of cause to find out why somebody had a fear of public speaking and it went into a past life. I've had some like spontaneous past life regressions come up with people. I've had some awesome stuff. I even uh, being hypnotized set an intention to know why I am the way I am. I went into a, a past life before I was even incarnated on earth. It was like a different planet. Uh, so it was awesome. So there's a uh, lot of cool stuff you can learn. Well, listeners, I'm gonna put it this way. Monique will be back for our second part because I need more of this and I will release the second part, the episode after the first part releases because my episodes are far enough out where I can do that. But you're definitely coming back. I have to have you back because there's, so there's so much more we can talk about. And and I, your personality is just, we're, we're, our personalities are syncing and I like it. Like a synchronization and I freaking love it. So you'll be coming back. But for now, tell them where they can find you and all your services, promote yourself to the fullest. Thank you so much. So you can find me if you're interested in hypnotherapy, go to innerstandingshypnosis.com. That is I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com because I don't stand under someone to take in information. I bring it within me. So I understand. If you're interested in Organite or a tarot reading, go to tarotbymonique.com. And I also do group hypnotherapy sessions. So if you're interested in hypnotherapy, but you just want to dip your toe in it or a regular uh, one-on-one appointment is too much for you, these are a fraction of the cost. They're usually like, you know, 30 to $40 and it's just a group and you don't have to be on video with everybody, but you get to experience hypnotherapy. So I do inner child, past life regression, stress relief, dragon connections coming up for August. Um, So that's on my Understandings Hypnosis website under group hypnotherapy. So be sure to check that out if you're interested. You heard it, folks. That's a great idea for a bachelor or bachelorette party, just saying. But in my opinion, at least. But our, I never thought of that. I'm like, that is. Advertise it that way. I mean, you'll, 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 definitely get, you'll definitely get some bachelorettes, especially, who would be down for that. I actually have a friend getting married, and that's one of the things I'm doing with them, but it never dawned on me. So thank you for putting those pieces together. Jeremy Bryant, podcaster and marketer. <laughs> Just saying, mm-hmm. I went. I went to college for marketing. I should be able to do something. But <laughs> damn it, but, you're hired. Oh, if I could make money off that, doing it on the side, fuck yeah. But um, <laughs> I need money, so yeah. <laughs> but um, thank you, Monique, for coming on, and you will thank definitely you. become back. Oh my god, you're. And just so you know, we do. I do one-on-one brackets on the show because my show does bracket specials. If you want to check some of the original brackets we've done out with five or seven people, please be my guest and. I mean, we've done we've done cryptids, we've done conspiracies, we've done. Oh my god! Our- I don't know if you can see my shirt, but it's. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> oh my god! So, and I want that shirt, but um. Oh, Bigfoot! That's a whole other episode we could talk about. Oh, he'll come up in the, he will. He will now come up in the next episode. Don't get me wrong. So, if you want, if you want to, do, I'm gonna send you a list. If you want to do some of these one-on-one uh, mm-hmm. brackets, I could definitely think you'll be fun to have on them. So. 
and there's a lot of different topics from those I mentioned already to horror movies, shark movies, and that type of stuff too. So, and a lot more coming up. Brackets are coming back, folks. I've made two or three brackets for this show in the last couple of days at, at work. I told my boss, and I will be making more coming because I have a lot of movie brackets coming. I have a, coming up here normally normal in the next couple months for watchers because by the time this releases, the first one will already be released, hopefully. We're going to be doing a three-part bracket of the top monsters and uh, creatures of all time from mythology, movies, and everything else. So, pop culture, pop culture, stupid motorcycles, pop culture, mythology, um, folklore, everything. It's 107 creatures broken into three brackets. So, it's going to be a fun time. And, hell, if Monique wants on the first ones, wants on the group ones, too, I am down for that because she seems like a fun person. And, and my parents also, used to own a video store, so I know about movies. So uh, there you go. And uh, as long as you don't hate Star Wars, we're good. <laughs> but absolutely not. <laughs> ooh, okay. Uh, we'll no, I talking. don't hate Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. We'll be talking. We'll definitely be talking. But um, and just for all my listeners, know I'm also on a show called Bracket Bastards, and I think Monique might be good for that show too. It's definitely pop culture based, but I'll shoot you a list of those that are coming out too that you guessed, and maybe you want. I'm sure the host of it, Freddie, would love to have you on one. We always say we need more female presence on there. So yeah. definitely de- definitely down to see that come. And other than that, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Monique, for coming on. I think I just made a possible possible friend. And we'll see. You'll see Monique in the future on the show, I guarantee it. And until then, I'll catch you. I'll, I'll be back with another interview in a few minutes. Anybody watching? And with a cult survivor. So. That's something I'm looking forward to because that's the first cult I've ever had in the show. So, yay. But until then, have a good night, everybody. You can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant, or you can find me as Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed UQ Podcast Collective group, Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the Instagram as at JuggaloBastard, or should I say X now? And you can find me on TikTok as at Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, and you can also find me streaming on YouTube as Blind Knowledge Network, because all knowledge is blind until they admit Bigfoot exists.